This podcast is for those of you who want to start or grow your business. You inhale everything you can about improving your mindset and may even have the action plan, but what's getting in your way every time? It's those damn human emotions. I'm Jessica Lee McKinley, life coach for millennial entrepreneurs and your host of the What's Happening podcast. Hi, Hapsters. You are in for a treat today. It's been quite a minute since we've had on one of our actual Hapsters. You've been just hearing about them in the intro of every podcast in the Hapster of the Week. And one of them is here with us today to share her experience and her wisdom with you. And that Hapster is Lauren Degolia. Lauren is a spiritual mentor and an astrologer, which I think is going to be such a nice juxtaposition on this podcast because we do talk about a lot of very structured ways of going from thoughts to results. And Lauren's approach is definitely very different, but I think we've found a beautiful way to kind of meet in the middle with our beliefs. I certainly, I don't talk about it on the podcast, but I do have a place for the woo in my life and in my heart. And I think Lauren coming, you'll learn uh, as she introduces herself and goes into a little bit of her background, but she has a very structured, structure rooted background in corporate. And so I think that um, we're both very attracted to each other's other ends of the spectrum. And, and you're, we're going to be talking today to you about her experience and my experience of imposter syndrome and how, um, it shows up to, in us and some of the kind of misconceptions. Basically, we're going to talk about how, how you can think about like your thoughts and your feelings about, um, imposter syndrome and how it's a little bit different than every time you have maybe heard about it in a podcast episode. I'm sure you, if you had a nickel for every time you saw imposter syndrome in the title of a podcast, you (laughs) would be rich, but the, this is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be talking about what is actually not that big of a deal if you're experiencing it and why you are. Okay. So without further ado, Lauren, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and represent the Hapster community. Mm-hmm. So Lauren, tell us a little bit more about kind of how you got into astrology, what you were doing before then. I'm sure it was a, a very seamless tra- transition, right? That made so much sense. Yeah, it was, it was actually not. Um, I appreciate your sarcasm. Um, I was working in corporate America. I had a strategy job working for a very large luxury retailer that I had been working for five and a half years. I found myself in a pretty toxic um, work environment uh, that I was trying to figure out how to navigate. I ended up kind of taking a step back and quitting my job and trying to figure out like what my next step was. And I always like to say astrology found me. I didn't, I didn't find astrology. Mm. Um, about six weeks after I left my, my employer, I had enrolled through a scholarship program into astrology school. And, um, that was late 2019. And like six months later, I had essentially been back to back in astrology coursework. And um, yeah, I decided that everybody needed this or some version of this in their life to figure out who they really were and what they really stood for. And I decided to, to become an astrologer. Yeah. And so tell us what your job title was before you transitioned into astrologer. Like if we looked at your resume, it would go 
what to it would say senior manager of product manager for enterprise tooling at Nordstrom technology. (laughs) I just love this because I bet you there are some people that listen to this podcast that just have this dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but it just feels so far away from the reality that they're living in. And I imagine just right off the bat, like there's gotta be a lot of imposter syndrome before you even made that shift. Um, what kind of came up for you and what were your, if you can remember back your thoughts while you were still either in your job or before you officially gave yourself the title of, I am an astrologer now, or a spiritual mentor before you started actually charging people for working with you. What were those thoughts that came up about your identity? Yeah. So the first thing was really around, uh, I resisted my woo in a big way. Like I resisted anything universal. I resisted anything that was like, oh, that's, you know, I'll I'll give that to the universe. Um, I was never super religious. In fact, I remember being a kid and just like not being in into religion at all, which is fine. That's not what we're here to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, but I essentially like, it was the combination of like, I don't really believe this, Plus, I really believe this. So it was that split identity piece for me, which was really the hardest thing to overcome of like having this be the thing that really helped traject me forward was monumental in my new identity, like creating my new identity. And, um, you know, one thing about becoming a hapster and really being focused on building this part of my business is the first, I think the first meeting you and I had, which was like, you said to me, well, do you believe that? Like, do you believe that you're an astrologer? And I was like, yeah, I do. But it's like, I said it, but I didn't actually even then, and that wasn't very long ago, yeah. I didn't actually really believe it. And so I think it was really powerful in, you know, learning to lean into a side that is, I'll just say a little bit more feminine energy, which is more, more chill, more relaxed, more intuitive um, from that corporate side of me, which was very masculine energy of like corporate structure and all of that. And like really looking to find that balance and trying to figure out how to pull those tools from my corporate background. Cause I mean, I was doing some pretty cool things at Nordstrom for a really long time, um, into a position that allowed me to actually create a business that resonated with my new identity. I love it so much. I mean, I can really relate in terms of kind of struggling to transition back and forth between the masculine and the feminine energy. Um, because ideal, not, I mean, growing up, you probably have some idea that's either masculine or feminine of what power feels like, what being powerful in your own life feels like. And you had defined it as masculine, right? Like being in control of, everything is what it needs to get results. Like I need to show up in this way if I want to get a result and being able to like shift that and just say, you know what, actually it's so powerful also to trust that I can show up and do this part of the work and then allow the universe to like meet me halfway and to co-create there. And that is such a different type of power. And 
I love playing with it too. Like in my own life, I think I grew up in a very masculine energy family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my family are very competitive athletes and I'm actually not, I mean, yes, I'm an athlete, but I, I didn't grow up like in one particular sport, like my parents and my brother did. And so I always kind of felt a little bit like, oh, how do I feel powerful. And Mm -hmm. for me, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome too, in that, in that arena of like the sports could, because I didn't feel like the way I showed up in competition was, it certainly wasn't in the same way that my whole family did. And I think Mm -hmm. now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was just kind of showing up in my feminine energy of, of being like, all right, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to work hard, but then I'm going to just like, let it be let the results be what the results are going to be. And that actually did allow me to get better results when I like tapped into that feminine. Yeah. Yeah. As far as imposter syndrome goes. So you're in corporate, you're having imposter syndrome there about like, can I actually do it? You finally take the leap for a couple of reasons, right? Not just because of your desire, but also because of your full awareness that this old job was no longer for you. Um, and now you're stepping into it and you're starting to charge people money. Yeah. What, how did that feel? And kind of like what came up for you? And I know before we actually pressed record, we were talking about some of the research-based studies on, um, on imposter syndrome. Can you just touch to like what, uh, what we were talking about, about what the study reveals about like who imposter syndrome kind of shows up in the most and why? Yeah. So I was reading a Harvard business review, um, article from February, 2021, and it was talking about how just on the surface, uh, imposter syndrome is about doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud and that it disproportionately affects high achieving people who can't accept their accomplishments or are not deserving of accolades. And, um, it talked a lot about how, you know, where this was founded in 1978 and it was mostly about women and it was mostly about high achieving women. And, you know, that's the side of imposter syndrome that I haven't really like until we decided to do this topic. Um, you know, I hadn't really done any research. I knew what the feeling felt like, but I didn't Mm. recognize that it was really in kind of this high performing, like total hapster, um, you know, profile type of situation. And uh, I think something that really has come up for me is you, you hit it on the head when you were talking about like, uh, you know, that, that masculine energy and wanting to perform versus trusting that intuition. And that's all I had known was how to perform, how to be a people pleaser, how to like really show up in a way that was like, I can do anything. I can figure anything out. But it was again, like, it was just that it's that Capricorn in me. So I have a Capricorn sun. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little bit about astrology if you want, but then mm-hmm. on the inside, like my moon, which is how I handle my emotional body is, is, um, all water. It's all intuition. I have a Pisces moon and, and I'm cancer rising, which is how I continue to grow in this life. And, um, you know, for me, I never identified as someone who was intuitive or mm-hmm. who was, able to like really tune into that emotional knowing. And, um, I think that's the gift that astrology gave me was like, I actually can really trust this side of myself in terms of how I navigate in terms of how I show up. And when I started charging people like the imposter syndrome came, you know, pretty much quickly to the surface because it was like, Oh, I really, you know, 
why don't you give me $25 for a reading? Why don't you give me $50 for a reading? You know, and it was like, I really reduced my value now. Granted, like that was my starting point. And I kind of think of my business and my career now as like you go through the stages of of growing up. And I'm kind of in that like a walk point right now, like I'm getting ready to run. Um, But I was definitely in like the infancy of my business. And, um, you know, you think that that you tie that value or that worth to kind of where you're at. And um, I didn't really trust that I was really changing people's lives. And it was funny because I had a reading this last weekend with a client um, that was one of my first. And uh, I think I charged her I'm going to go with like $60 for my first reading. Yeah. And I have worked with her more in this last year. I opened her eyes to different themes, different concepts um, that I had learned on my journey. And it's really changed her life. And it's been really amazing. Like that was kind of that like next level of, I, of confidence of not really feeling like an imposter anymore because I'm not like I've, I've done the work. And I think that look back in addition to the work that we've been doing together is so powerful in really understanding that you don't have to sign up for every thought around imposter syndrome that comes up, but also that give yourself. Yeah. When you give yourself credit for like the work that you've done, you can actually move yourself forward a lot faster. Yeah. First of all, I just love the way that you phrase that you don't have to sign up for every thought because I, I, I just love that visual. I'm thinking of like, if you're in like college and you're going to like the, what is it called? Like the, the fair, the like, um, activity fair. And there's like all these activity activities there. And there's like sign up sheets. And some of us feel like, because a thought is there, we have to like subscribe to it and mm-hmm. we have to believe it. Or we feel like if this, if this thought is there in our brain, there's something has gone wrong. There's something wrong with us because we believe, you know, this negative thought or this negative thought is there. So I've done a whole podcast episode on called swiping left, um, which is, giving the analogy, it's like a little bit of a different visual, but I love your visual equally, which is that, um, your brain is kind of like a lock screen on your phone and your thoughts are going to just pop up like notifications, but every notification that pops up on your phone, you don't have to click into it, open it, go down that rabbit hole and basically take the thought and be practicing it into a belief. You can just have that thought pop up and be like, Oh, and it could be for me, it's like the news, like in general, if I'm not taking the time actively to go and read a news article, I will never like swipe right into a news article because the headline is designed to make me want to feel something. And I know like, I'm just onto my phone the same way you can be onto your brain. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I love that, that thing. So you were just basically saying in the beginning, there were tons of thoughts that were, your brain was giving you that was coming up on the lock screen or that were like all over in this like major activity fair of like, what thoughts are we going to be thinking today? Right. And it's like all these thoughts of like, okay, being powerful is, you know, creating all of this yourself and these old outdated thoughts that your brain had been practicing for all of your life up until that point. And like, I don't know if you feel comfortable telling me like how old you are and like how many years literally have you racked up of thinking in this one way that all of a sudden you're trying to like 
I don't want to say like break down, but basically swipe left on. I mean, sister, I'm 41 years old and I've probably spent the last three and a half years in therapy, like really trying to un what I like to call Gumby myself. So Gumby, like the claymation <laughs> um, cartoon from my childhood, probably not your childhood. As no, well. no, I watch Gumby. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like that whole people pleasing. Like, I think there's a direct correlation between people pleasing and imposter syndrome. I really do. Mm. Um, and just how you want to show up, you want to be accepted, you want to do everything in your power. And like, that is how I'm not going to say I was raised, but the environment that I was raised in, like really spoke to, um, being something that I wasn't. And it's funny because my good friend, Jennifer Prasad, who is also a hapster, she um, was on the podcast episode. I don't really remember what episode, but you guys can go back and listen to her episode too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So she's the one that led me to you. Right. And I remember calling her in November and being like, oh my God. Jennifer, like my mom just called and she told me I wasn't an astrologer and she told me I needed to go get a job. And she told me all these things. And like, that was six months ago. And I remember just like feeling completely devastated and like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? And she's like, Lauren. And she really like, cause she had had this, a very similar journey to mine where she was also in corporate America. It was really high profile. She loved what she did. She wore the Prada shoes. She had the, totally. you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole look. And she the was person- in diamonds. I know she was in the diamond industry, um, which is awesome. Like, and so that's what really brought us together was this, this transformation story around not buying into essentially what our what our moms really thought we should be and how we should show up. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to, when my mom told me again, I'm not an astrologer that I shouldn't be an astrologer to say to her, mom, thanks. Thanks for your feedback. I'm not asking for your input right now. And that's when I knew that my shift of like really standing in my power and owning my identity had, had come to fruition. Like I had, I had made the change because six months ago, like it completely wrecked me. I was like, Oh my God, I need to make a change. I need to do all these things. And I mean, part of that is the work that we've done together as, as hapsters. Yeah. I just got the chills because I, I remember very vividly, our first session and how much of our sessions in the beginning were focused on what other people that were close to you were saying or doing and trying to like gear your actions to defending what was happening in your life, like defending yourself from the circumstances of what people were saying and thinking and doing, right? Because what other people are saying and doing and thinking, it doesn't go in the A line or the T line and the F line. It goes in our C line. It becomes neutral the second that someone else is doing something, right? It just goes in our C line. And like you said, you were making the connection between people pleasing and imposter syndrome. And that's spot on because really people pleasing would go in the A line. Like your action is of course going to be to people please when your feeling is like an imposter. Yeah. Right. When your feeling is imposter syndrome and your thought is 
everybody's going to know I'm a fraud and your feeling is this, your A line is either going to be to people please, or in other ways, right. To defend and to like, get really defensive and show up in a way that's like a little bit more aggressive, um, because you feel like a victim of your circumstances. And I think that it's just so fun to see you get really neutral about that circumstance of your mom saying the same thing. Like it's the same. She just said the same thing that she said six months ago. And like you said, it hasn't even been that long. I think we've been coaching together for like five months or four months. And like, she said the same thing just over again. And in her mind, she's like, she's just having the same thoughts, but your thoughts are so evolved in such a short period of time in your self-identity. And I think that also the other thing with imposter syndrome is we think that people who are further along just like aren't suggested these thoughts or like they must be succeeding or having a breezier time in their, in their action and in their pursuit of, of whatever goal or result they're trying to achieve because they don't have people in their ear, like telling them that they're not like, it's, every person who has imposter syndrome's biggest nightmare for someone that they love to confirm their biggest like fear or self-doubt themselves. Because the reason you're feeling that felt so painful to you was because you had already kind of subconsciously believed that thought you hadn't worked through it yet. So you were like, I'm not ready to face this thought. And my mom is bringing it up and bringing it all up again for me. Whereas now you're like, yeah, you can bring it up all you want. You're like, thank you, but no, thank you. Like, that's not like I am an astrologer. And I think, I think people think I don't experience that as well. And it's not true. I mean, my family, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, pretend like I'm coming from a family who's totally unsupportive. They're very supportive. Um, you know, my parents have always really believed that you can do anything that you want to. However, like I said, they have a very different definition of what what it takes to be successful. And that is in the masculine. So I think when they were watching me, go about it, they kind of felt like, oh, you're just so naive. Like, and they wanted to protect me. They believed in me and they believed, yeah, you can do this, but they didn't really understand the way I was going about it. And they felt like my relaxation in the process actually made them more worried for me. And I think more stressed out because they were like, shouldn't you be more stressed out and be taking more structured action when you only have X number of clients or X number of dollars in your bank account? And there was a time when, you know, it was pretty dire and I have a son and I was a single mom. And like I, I've talked about in the podcast many times, like it went back to that, like ground zero where it was like, okay, everyone in my family is like, all right, obvious move, put this on the side this life coaching thing. We're so proud of you that you're like going after this thing, but at the same time, it's time to be in a more stable place right now. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, like I hear you and I love you and I respect what you're saying to me because I know that for you, this is how you're showing your love for me. Like I really was able to get to that place where I was like, you having doubts about me being able to produce all of my income from this career, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with your beliefs of how, you know, 
you can show up. Right. And so I think part of getting out of imposter syndrome is just believing that where you're at is like perfect for you. And just because other people have thoughts about it, or you even have thoughts yourself suggested to you that you can't do it doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. Like you get to just swipe left on those thoughts, notice them, be like, that's an outdated belief, shift back to future focus on the result and get to work. Right. And by get to work, I don't necessarily mean only in the masculine way, even though I'd still do approach life, life coaching in that way a lot. Um, and I love it. I think that, you know, part of getting to work to me is just being like, all right, getting to work means I'm just going to show up as myself and let that be enough. Yeah. So true. Um, everything you said was completely spot on. I, the thing that comes up most for me for imposter syndrome specifically is the way that it feels. Mm. And I, as, as part of preparing for this podcast, I wrote down like thinking over the last six, 12 months, um, what are some of the feelings that I've felt related to this? Because obviously based on the model, um, you know, there are thoughts that are governing those things. And so frustration, sadness, overwhelmedness, paralyzing, um, paralyzing, you know, uh, just paralysis, I guess I'll say. Um, and you know, all the feeling, all the thoughts that go with those have really been sad and negative and I'll go, I'll go to unworthy, but I also always knew, like my intuition always knew that I was worthy of this. And so I think for me, kind of bringing this conversation full circle is you have to just keep trusting your intuition. You have to just keep trusting that side of yourself that knows where you want to go and and that it doesn't really matter how you get there. Um, But one day it's going to feel like less. And you're going to naturally, if you keep trusting that you're in control of how the navigation is going, that you're going to believe more that you are worthy and that your, your new identity is on its way. And you're going to feel more attached to that new identity. The more that you trust yourself to keep moving forward. Yes. I love that. I think that, you know, for, for you, I'm just, I would love for you to share kind of your experience. You shared the, um, the feelings part of it, the frustration, the unworthiness. And then you kind of briefly were like, and of course I know that those feelings were being caused by my thoughts. And I think I know because we've worked together for so long, it's been so such a privilege to watch the thoughts shift. But I would say the biggest shift that I've seen in you is noticing the thoughts go from your thoughts were like 80% plus about your circumstances, whether it was your day or a client or what your mom said, or about the circumstances of your past, right? All of your thoughts were rooted in your circumstances. And now I see that that shift has started to shift. And still, you know, there's lots of thoughts about the circumstances where human beings, I do too, but there's more of a thought focus on the results. And on the future, when you're talking about the future and when you're talking about creation, that creation energy is fueled by future focus. It's fueled by focusing on the results that you want to create rather than on the circumstances of the cards you've been dealt. Right. And can you talk about like those specific thoughts that give examples of the thoughts that you used to always bring to sessions versus the thoughts that you're bringing now? 
oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how many times I cried <laughs> because I just felt like I was in a spiral. Like it really, and a lot of that was just some of the mental madness that was going on. Cause similarly, like my, my dad was always asking me like, oh, were you making, are you making your goals? Like, are you, you know, in your business, are you hitting your numbers? And right. to me, I was like, that's not what success looks like. Like, I don't want that. Like, yes, of course I want to make my numbers, but yeah, we track metrics every day. So I don't want hapsters being confused, but that's not the main focus, right? It's just data. We track okay. the numbers. We put them there so that we can look at them when it's the time to look at them, when we're like yeah. resetting goals or when we're evaluating goals, basically like once or twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, but for him, like, that's a very masculine measure for success, yeah. right. Of like, Oh, it wasn't ever like, are you happy? What are you doing? Like really wanting to understand it again, it was just that surface level stuff. And so that pleasing side of me really was like, nobody understands me. Nobody gets me. I'm out here on an Island all by myself. I'm trying mm -hmm. to create something that I'm not really sure that, you know, I trust that I can do. Um, I was never tapped into that future vision of myself. And you really like brought in the like, Hey, what is future Lauren? Like, what is she telling you? What does she want you to know? How does she want you to show up? Mm -hmm. And to me, that was, that was a life changing tool. And it's actually something I've started using with my clients a little bit too, mm -hmm. in terms of like, you got to lean into that version of yourself that, you know, you want to get to because they know best. And once you, yeah. once you really adopt that mindset, it's like, sky's the limit, baby. Like, let's go. I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. And so it's so much easier to channel that feeling of excitement, right? When you're focused on that future and that result. Yeah. I've had like these kind of pinch me moments of like, I could die happy today of like, I'm just yeah. excited because, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, like I didn't really think it was going to ever turn around. I didn't think I was going to ever turn the corner. Um, yeah. and I really did. And I just, I'm so excited about what I get to build for myself and, where I'm going to be in a couple of years. Like, I can't wait to come back and listen to this podcast. Oh, that's like one of the, my favorite part about having hapsters on the show. I remember with Amanda Sanella's uh, podcast in, in uh, for specifically like we, that podcast episode, I actually released three months or four months after it was recorded. It was, it wasn't a podcast like interview. It was literally just a recorded session. And then I spliced it and turned it into that episode, um, that of like showing people like, Oh, by the way, this thing that she said, she was so future focused on the day that she got let go from her job, that that future focus and that tapped into like of the result that she was going to create allowed her to get there so much quicker. And it was like, everyone was like, Oh my God, how'd you do it? How'd you get let go from a job in COVID in Manhattan with your high expenses and have a coaching expense, right? People are like just trim. They want to like react to the circumstance, but instead of doing that, she immediately in our session that day that she got let go. I mean, it's just so crazy. And she talks about it all the time. She's like, if I didn't have that space to that day after being let go, like focus on the future and reshift and like get into gear, I would have just sat in like fear and anxiety and a pity party for God knows how long, like literally could have been months, who knows? And 
the results that we can achieve when we focus on the results. It's not just like, oh, just like, don't worry about the numbers and just focus on like, you know, the feels and the results. No, it is a, it is a structure. That's why I love so much about the model is like, it is that happy medium between just like letting go and trusting that like the result is as good as done. And that future Lauren has already achieved that thing. And then also reverse engineering it into like, okay, yeah. If future Lauren had, had it done, what actions was she taking? What feelings is, would she be, what feelings would I be feeling right now that would lead to future Lauren getting that result? And I don't think it would be worry. I think it would be a little bit more of just like, oh, like relaxed. Yeah. And like proud and just someone who identifies with who they are and what they're about. And I think the work that you do is so amazing in terms of like really shifting people into that mindset. And the work that I do is so powerful Mm -hmm. into really tuning in energetically who you are, why you're here, what you're hoping to accomplish. And the collision of our work has just been, I mean, life-changing. And so future Lauren, like she has a kick-ass business coach she Mm -hmm. shows up every day and like is in the flow and is creative and you know is really passionate about helping people tap into their own power and get unstuck and um, feel inspired and um, you know I just I'm so excited to become that version of myself it's just so fun because even watching you talk about it it's like it, we talk about like, oh, future this. And then we're like, oh, are, are we being delusional? Are we being imaginative? And I'm like, no, you immediately step into and are able to tap into and feel connected to and become that future version of yourself right now. It's like we fold time in half. And yeah. I know in we've had some mind bendy sessions because Lauren and I like to get like really deep with things and things get a little, things get a little crazy. There's sometimes where we pause and we're like, okay, let's just sit for a second to just like soak up that like mind gasm. But, um, one of those sessions I specifically remember was about thinking about for me, I was giving you the example when we were talking about your future self. And I was like, she's not different from you. And it's not like, oh, I can't wait to be that future self. Cause you already are that self in the future. And that's like just a slight different way of thinking about it. That's so helpful because when people were asking me like, well, how did you get such confidence to believe that you were going to get to, uh, you know, a hundred K when you had like a thousand dollars in your bank account, or how are you able to like relax and channel that feeling when you were only had two clients and how are you able to show up in confidence and like talk about your business? Like you were achieving all of these things. And I'm like, it's so funny because I think, you know, people behind the scenes, like my boyfriend or whatever, who were, were able to kind of see a little bit more of like the present day realities. Like, I mean, and he, he's done a lot of the work that I teach too. And he's like around it a lot. So even maybe he's not the best example, but some other people who might be just like good friends of mine from like, not in the, not in the coaching space, they'd be Mm -hmm. like, what's happening. You're like living into and talking about the success, but it's like not real. And I'm like, what's real for you is the present, but what's real for me is the entire time span of my past all the way to my future. And I can 
fully connect and live into that future version of myself as if it is done. And you know what? It is. And I can prove it. And now I can back it up because I've done this so many times with a model. We know that like creating a result, whatever result you guys are listening to that you're having an imposter syndrome about creating you in order to create that result, you can't create it and then believe that you're capable of creating it. The thought comes first. It doesn't go R then T. No, (laughs) it goes C-T-F-A-R, like write it down, put it on repeat, circumstances, trigger thoughts, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. That's what creates the results is that thought work first. So like trying to say that like, oh, I don't want to be delusional and believe into this future until I have it will create a result of never having it. If you only believe in what you've already achieved, you will continue to create the same shit you've always created. And if you, and now it's like, I've done it so many times that I'm like, this is so fun. What do I want to put in the R line now? Like I did it with being on the podcast. I was just like, good done. Like I'm going to be on the podcast of the life coach school podcast. And it was the same thing with publicly. I was talking about it and people are like, Oh my God, that's so ballsy to like talk about how you're going to be in that 200 K mastermind. And Oh my God. Do you know how happy I am for you about the 200 K mastermind? Oh guys, did I tell you how straight yes. that I got in? I don't think I did. This is the no. first episode we're talking about it. So I was accepted to the 200 K mastermind and I had been talking about it for months to the point where like I posted a screenshot on my story of a different mastermind that I'm in for um, life coach school onto track. And someone was like, Oh my God, is this a 200 K mastermind? Like, congrats. And I was like, Oh no, 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 that's, that'll be in August as if I had already been accepted because I was already accepted in my brain. (laughs) Like, and I, what, and then of course I got accepted. Now I started talking about that before I even had $2,000 saved up towards that 25 K investment. Also, mind you, I've never made a 25 K investment in my life before. So it's not like, I know you guys listening, you want to put a separation between me and you. You want to be like, well, you know how to do that. You're making more money than me, blah, 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 blah. It's not true. It's not true. I'd never done it before. And yet I knew that I was going to do it because I was just connected to that result in the future. I decided it was the result that was going to be done. I looked to future Jess, just like Lauren talked about. We talk about on our sessions, looking to future Lauren and being like, oh, yeah. What did she do? And then I just, I revert back to her. I'm like, whenever I get pretend confused, I'm just like, okay, future Jess, just tell me like, what did you do? And then I like pretend I'm future Jess. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then I just do that. And part of it is just being relaxed and just being in what my new coach, Stacey Bateman says is done energy. Like it's done. It's as good as done. Yeah. I I think one thing that's really important to navigate these, these types of waters that feel overwhelming and like you can't move yourself forward is knowing who you're hanging out with and knowing the vibe that they're exuding. And my vibe shifted exponentially when Mm -hmm. I joined the hamster community. Like these are people who are wanting more, who are getting into a higher vibe state to create and that helps that is like the number i'll say two thing in mm-hmm. combating imposter syndrome is like being inspired by women and people who 
see it and want it and feel it too. Like there's no, there's no price you can put on that. There's no, there's no box you can put that in. Like it just, you need that in your life. And so if you don't have it, you need to go out and find it. Yeah. It's so good. I think that people get confused with coaching because coaching tells you like, Oh, okay. All you need to do, you don't worry about your circumstances of who you surround yourself with. All you need to do is manage your mind. But there is a caveat to that, which is that managing your mind takes energy and time. And you can only spend so much energy and time on managing your mind. So we want to make sure that we're managing our minds on the most important things that we want, that we can see the value in changing our perspective and our thoughts. Whereas sometimes it's a much easier shift and a much nicer shift to change the circumstances when we can. And one of those circumstances that I always recommend changing is your, the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And for me, a lot of them are my clients and like in a lot of ways, that's why I do like to only work with smart, ambitious female entrepreneurs, because in the beginning, very, very beginning, I was kind of like taking on whatever client and whatever. And I found for me, I didn't want to be spending majority of my time scaling that up, spending a lot of time listening to and hearing the thoughts of people who were like nonstop in scarcity and like really not in a place to move out of that. I wanted to be with people who were like ready to be thinking future focus and thinking big thoughts. And my hapsters inspire me back again, like watching Lauren go and then make like thousands of dollars, you know, on something that beforehand she was just even struggling to believe was possible for her at all has been just so inspiring and reminding me that like, Oh, okay. Like just even those days that I still have imposter syndrome and I'm like, Oh, well, so much of my ideas and so much of my coaching really are like, you know, on my worst days, I'll, my brain uses the word like stolen from my coach Brooke or whatever, because she created the model and I use it as like the, a foundational principle that I teach. But then it's like, oh, it's just so interesting. Then I'll hear a podcast episode of Brooke where she'll be like, the model was completely inspired from uh, Byron Katie's work in called the work. And it's basically like her version of it. It's just like the same thing, different, different words. And, you know, I love one thought that helps me out with imposter syndrome is there's no such thing as an original thought anymore. Like every thought that's ever been thought has been thought. And, but what makes it original and what helps me get our imposter syndrome is putting my context into it. So like, there is no person who has your exact experience of this earth and of every particular human being that you've come in contact with and that signature. And we're going to transition into, as we close this out, talking about Lauren's, um, what she does and helping you find your cosmic signature. I think that it's just so, it's so powerful to put it into context of like who you are, like the work that we do here. Yeah. Um, Amen. Like the world needs your light. You got to figure out what that light is. And that's where, you know, imposter syndrome ends and, uh, living your life begins. Um, yeah. So I talk about natal charts and astrology, um, in a super practical way. I, it's one topic out there, uh, on social in life that is super complicated. I have a bachelor's of, uh, art 
in biology. So being an astrologer actually completely aligns because there's a, a huge scientific component to it. And then, you know, the other side is like, the art of it is how you show up, how the energy you have access to, you know, really resonates in your life. And my focus when I sit down with every client is to really identify some patterns, some uh, themes in your life, what's happened. Um, astrology has this crazy way of tracking back from a time perspective, because as astrologists, we're known as timekeepers. So really understanding what happened when in your life, when your chart was activated, and then really talking about the different kinds of energy, fire energy, which is, you know, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius energy, um, earth, water, air energy, what that combination looks like. And then I really like to dive into, you know, what sets your soul on fire? What really like where do you need to give yourself permission in life to live a bigger, fuller life? Mm. Um, and it's funny to come full circle. Like we don't, nobody comes to us and says, Hey, what do you really want to do when you grow up? Yeah. And I would have never answered astrologist. Right. But I think helping people being of service, you know, really helping people see themselves is a superpower that I believe that I have and own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we all have some version of that where we feel super passionate. There's some intersection between where I, where I feel passionate and where my natural tools allow me to show up that are very unique. And that's where astrology, if you're, if you're struggling to find it, that's where astrology can really shine a light in helping you unpack where to focus and how to start exploring that side of you. Um, and I, I'm not one that, you know, wants to make this a super woo-woo conversation. I want it to feel just exactly like this podcast where it's supernatural mm -hmm. and I totally get it. And I can go in the, the masculine energy of practicality, or I can go into the feminine energy of intuition and really helping my clients, you know, transverse both of those different ways to show up. Um, and so I'm not your typical astrologer. Uh, and I yeah, love that about that. myself. We love that about Lauren because, right. And then yeah. that's what attracted me to her. I've never worked with an astrologist and Lauren and I have plans for her to maybe even we'll, we'll just release it as a bonus episode here on this yeah. podcast. Cause I'm an open book and I'm totally fine with you guys hearing all of the insights I get from my reading with Lauren. Um, but I think that this work definitely really goes along with, with, you know, the work that I do in coaching. So if you're interested in coaching and you just kind of felt like, yeah, but I feel just like a little bit not ready for that level of like, you know, coaching for my business, but I kind of just, I want to develop a business, but I'm not really sure. I feel like Lauren would actually be a perfect like stepping stone into becoming a hapster and feeling like totally like, okay, I know I'm ready for this. Um, we talk about that a lot, Lauren and I have like, oh, like Lauren's program would be a perfect funnel right into, um, you know, coming on and being a hapster, obviously you can be a hapster when you decide that you're ready, but if you really are feeling like just a little bit still lost, but just some sort of desire for more. Um, yeah, I highly recommend setting up a mini session with Lauren. So you can kind of see a little bit more of what she's at. So tell us like, how can people find you if they want to work with you? What is your main offer or your two offers right now, um, that you're offering and, uh, where, uh, where can, where can we find you? 
Yeah, so you can find me at laurend.astrology on Instagram um, or laurendegolia.com. Um, I offer free 15-minute consults. So one thing I believe strongly in when working with an astrologer is the vibe has to be right. It's just like finding a business coach. Like yeah. you really need to have the right fit or you're not going to get as much out of it. Like you can go to any um, astrologer on Instagram and get a reading and, and they may or may not you know, be the right connection to change your life. And so um, you're welcome to sign up for a free 15 minute consult. I would love to connect with you. Um, a couple of my signature offerings right now is I do do just a general reading. I'll, I'll dive into the basics of your chart, the timing of your life, where the planets are now. Like, it's crazy. There's some clients where I'm like, hey, like, do you have crazy sleep patterns going on right now? Or do you have an increase of energy or is your anxiety a lot higher? Like that is all written in the stars, which is completely <laughs> mind blowing. Um, have you had a crazy transition at work? Like my chart personally has indicated all of these things that I've yeah. over that I've overcome in the last 18 months. And there's power in really understanding that why, mm -hmm. um, and so I want to give my, my clients that visibility into that. Uh, and then uh, my second offer is really a four week deep dive into how your energy works, how it shows up. I cover a lot about masculine energy, feminine energy. We talk about your moon sign and how you handle your emotions. Um, and then we talk about your rising sign and how you can use that as your growth edge. And so if you are someone who is on the fence about, I have this aspiration to start a business or I wanna you know, do this thing, I am a great place to start, to start unpacking that. And then mm -hmm. I think Jess is like the natural progression of like, okay, now that I understand myself from more of a spiritually focused, you know, intuitive place, emotional place, some of the patterns in my life, like, and now I'm really ready to make sustainable change and honor that part of myself. Like she's your girl, hundred percent. Yeah. Really fun. And so what's the best way for them to uh, connect with you? I mean, send me a DM on Instagram, send me an email, Lauren, um, at degolia.com. Like I would love to just, I'd love to just, yeah, so I'll put her connections in, in the, uh, show notes, but Lauren at degolia.com. And so that's Lauren at D E G O L I A.com. And then her Instagram just, I, I know it's Lauren D astrology, but there's a period in there somewhere. Yeah, it's Lauren D dot astrology. Okay. Um, I kind of liked the ring to that. Uh, you but yeah, also I, in my stories too, because yeah, I have lots of screenshots and I'll post her in our stories and I tag her so you could just click through from there as well. Um, but yeah, go check her out. I mean, I just think it's so powerful as you were just explaining it. I, I just had a deeper understanding of kind of where it fits into the model and the work that I do. And it's like, it's kind of in the seas. I think for me, um, I, what I teach is to kind of like, don't worry about the seas. Cause we don't understand why. And we don't understand whatever, it's because I don't do any of that work on understanding the seas. I just say like, okay, it's all neutral. We get to decide what we want to think about it and then create the results. Right. And I think that that is such a powerful thing, but then how fun to just be able to have more insights into the whole thing from like C to R and then, and then like that might be able to get you to a more peaceful state to settle in and believe a thought deeper, quicker, once you have that understanding. Yeah. That was something I really struggled early on with our work because 
our seas, our circumstances are something that we have lived our entire life. I have lived them my entire life. And, you know, even I remember one of our, one of our sessions where I was like, no, Jess, my life has been hard. You don't get it. My life has been hard. And, you know, it has, I, and I, I, I'm not going down the path of like really believing that. Right. But I, I have been dealt some pretty crazy circumstances in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's an element of honoring that, that it doesn't have to be your story and it doesn't have to be the way that you show up today. It can be that future focused part of you. That's like, I get that that's where I came from. And that's uniquely what, that unique combination allows me to show up differently for my clients, for my business, for my family, for my people. Um, And so there's definitely a connection. And I think that the, the two uh, sides of that, of honoring where you've, where you've come, where you're coming and where you're going to, and being able to manage your thoughts is such a powerful way to change your life. So good. So good. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for again, coming on and being so vulnerable and letting us like, you know, share some of the, uh, things that actually went down in our sessions. I think it's so powerful for people to hear every time I know I'm listening to a podcast and I hear someone share their actual thoughts and their actual feelings. Like that is a tool for us to use, borrow people's thoughts that are useful, notice and um, like step into awareness when you're watching someone else have a thought that isn't useful to them, because then you can be in better awareness of yourself when you see it in someone else first, right? Our brain is set up to put up a wall to defend ourselves from not seeing our flaws and our, our, um, you know, thought errors, because it likes to just not don't question the system, right? Says the brain. So, um, yeah, use Lauren's thoughts as tools and as an example. And thank you for being an example of what's possible for the hapsters. And hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you for having me. It was so great to chat with you today. So good. All right. I'll talk to you soon.